Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Rough. I am Lenny. We are here with Sean today. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. This week, we've got the Sanderson Farms Championship coming up. It'll be hosted at the Country Club of Jackson. However, last week, we did have the Ryder Cup. guess we should talk about that a little bit, shouldn't we, Sean? A nice you big uh, you blowout will, victory for the United States. Um, my lineups weren't fantastic. I was big on Victor Hovland. He played a lot like I thought he would. Kind of got unlucky, unfortunate. Ran to some buzzsaws. John Rahm, number one player in the world, played fantastic. I need to apologize to Dustin Johnson. I <laughs> did not expect a 5-0 and by any means from him. Very impressive what he did. Uh, he had some great partners, like he had mentioned in that press conference, which was absolutely fantastic from him. Um, but I don't know, maybe DJ's back. He played great this past week. Um, you know, I'd love to see it. He's still hanging on to number two in the world, but he hasn't played well this past year. You know, I didn't expect him to do anything fantastic. Uh, Morikawa seems to be fully back from injury. Another guy who I need to apologize to after doubting him the last few weeks just because his iron play was really poor. And that's something that you you don't want from Morikawa. It's kind of his bread and butter, what he's so great at. Uh, but it seems to be back, so I think um, I need to apologize to both those guys, start getting them back into my lineups. What do you think, Sean? I think it was a great week for golf. I think apologies are good around the board for everything. I think, as you can see, Bryson and Brooks, at least for the time being, are uh, stepbrothers, if you will, from the T-shirts that they've put out there. So it's uh, it's a good time for the U.S. golf. It's a good feeling for a Ryder Cup. It's always fun to watch that stuff, the President's Cup as well, just to kind of switch it up from just being an individualized sport to that team event. Although, as you see throughout the formats, it still is individualized in a sense. Um, but I, I think for, for my lineups, I was only 11 points off for actually for making some money into the, into the pot, but I did not. Uh, Spieth. Uh, Dustin Johnson and Morikawa were my three guys that were over 100 points for me. I did pick Poulter, which he had that nice Sunday uh, singles win on. I have to just note for Poulter, I'm sure everyone saw that piece, but his singles resume is unreal. Um, I don't think he's he's undefeated. Mm-hmm. He just he's had one yep. tie. Um, so I, I think you know it's it is it is tough to kind of pick your lineups with the Americans and Europeans because you're playing against each other, and sometimes they're gonna eventually possibly end up playing against each other around two or three or whatever but uh it, it is a fun week regardless of the lineups i'm just saying that also taking that as my consolation prize of not winning any money this week but um it is it is fun to watch the uh the Ryder cup i am interested to see how bryson will do um moving on throughout this year just kind of like with his, I don't know if you would call it momentum or the, the energy build that he has up with this, but some of those drives that he was hitting this past weekend were just absolutely unreal. I don't know um, if it's going to be sustainable or if we're just going to have to make golf courses a lot longer for people like that because it's not fair. Um, but I'm not apologizing to him yet. I'm still, uh, I'm not doing that. But it, uh, um, <laughs> he hit, I don't think we need to make ball. courses longer. Uh, he... <laughs> I mean, if he was putting up Tiger victory numbers or top 10, top five numbers like Tiger Woods was, 
then maybe consider it. But, I mean, he's only got, what, six wins maybe? One major. I don't think we got to change the courses up too much. And there are courses where he has a very distinct advantage. I think if he was playing this week, it could be one of them. But um, it was nice to see Bryson kind of, I don't know, not be as much of himself, I I guess I want to say, and (laughs) kind of play into the crowd and, um, you know, use the crowd with him. didn't pump him up as much as I thought he might have on the first tee. I thought he had a great opportunity there, but you know, it was, it was nice not to watch everything he does and get annoyed with it. Um, but yeah, also good to see, I mean, some life from Rory in that Sunday match and then him kind of tearing up afterwards talking about how much he, he loves the event and just loves golf and stuff after him kind of in that DJ category struggling all year he had a win. I think it was at the the Wells Fargo. Might be wrong on that. I can't remember. And um, but I remember him getting him to win, and not just I don't know, not playing the golf that we've seen him play. He's been struggling the last few years, I would say. But just to see, you know, he still has a passion, still cares. Maybe it, you know, kind of brings a new light to his life. Gets him refocused on things. Maybe we see Rory playing well again, also. But. This week, like I mentioned, we have the Sanderson Farms Championship. It's going to be played at the Country Club of Jackson. It's a fairly long course, 7,400 yards. It is a par 72, a little bit bigger green, 6,200 square feet. It's going to be Bermuda grass. You know, based off of the course history, I think distance off the tee is going to be in play. You don't need to be super accurate. The course isn't wide open. There's a lot of tree-lined fairways. However, there's spots where you can miss off the tee. Uh, still have a chance to get to the green as long as you're not you know, directly under a tree stuck behind them where you have no choice but to punch out. But you have areas where you can miss. The rough isn't going to be super penile. I don't expect it to be very long, similar to what we've seen before. So expect a lot of birdies. Um, there's, what, four par fives, so there's a lot of eagle chances here. Uh, it, you know, it, it can be a fun fun tournament, some low scores. Uh, it could turn into a putting contest, which, you know, whenever that happens, everyone's just bombing the ball just nailing greens and regulation. Whoever's going to be the hottest putter in the week is going to win. You see some of our previous winners, though, aren't necessarily what we'd consider great putters, especially you have Sergio Garcia there. And luckily for him, last week he had John Rum hitting half of his putts throughout the week. But Sergio, Sebastian Munoz, Cam Champ, Ryan Armour, Cody Gimbrel, and Peter Malnati, previous winners here. And of course, the tournament, sorry, has only been played here since 2015. So those are all of our winners at Country Club of Jackson. Getting into our, I guess, um, DFS preview here. We have a new name at the top of the leaderboard, Sam Burns, coming in at 11000 I don't see him up there too often. I think this might be his highest price um, that we've ever had from him. We have a few other kind of... Big names up there, Will Zalatoris at 10-8, Sergio Garcia at 10-5, Sungjae Im 10-3, Corey Connors at 10-1. So some names we typically kind of see around that 
nine, $8,000 range, be in a lighter tournament after the Ryder Cup, not as many big names playing here, especially with the swing season. But with all of that, Sean, who are you going to go with in this 10K range? I'm going with the uh, Canadian A, uh, Corey Connors. Um, and I am hoping that uh, he does a good job for me this week. Um, <laughs> he's at 10-1. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of taking him for a few reasons. I know it's like the start of the new season, if you will. But if you're taking into consideration how he was playing last couple uh, matches or whatnot into the season of last year, you know he did kind of finish off the year pretty high, making the cut in a lot of his and a lot of those uh, tournaments that he did play in. He's got really good iron play that I know we've always mentioned uh, on this about Corey. So I think for the decency of the ten one compared to the rest of the guys, and I don't like you said Sam Burns is a good golfer. I think he's gonna he's definitely had his name up on the leaderboards before for the wins, and I think last season he you know kind of shed a, shed his name a little bit more. Um, but for some of these tournaments that are earlier on, I don't know if it's that easy to kind of handpick a favorite. You know, we saw John Rahm last week, or the last tournament, sorry, outside of the Ryder Cup. I know he was feeling a little ill. That's not to say his golf game isn't good. Um, but he was the outright favorite by a lot. And it did not necessarily work in that favor. So I'm going to kind of stay away from that in terms of DFS pricing uh, and try to build my lineup with some guys down towards the end. So the 10-1 matchup, kind of works for me uh so that's why i'm going with Corey connors not only for the dollar amount but also for the type of play uh cory connors is just one of the best ball strikers on tour long accurate off the tee it's the around the green game that can be a worry if you look at last year with sergio garcia winning it it's very similar mold to how each of those play um a little bit with cam champ Cam Champ, not as much with the iron play, however, very long, get off the tee. Um, I do like Corey Connors. I like him a lot of weeks. You know, I'm a big ball striker guy. Uh, that being a great ball striker plays everywhere. But for me this week, I'm going the guy just above him, Sung J.M. I think Sung J.M.'s due. Over the last 20 rounds, he's second total strokes gained just behind Sam Burns. Um, we've seen him last season, uh, kind of earlier in the year, was really hot with the putter, looking like one of the best putters on tour. I'm hoping kind of regain that form. And if it does become a putting contest, I think he could be someone who could really excel here. Um, but another guy who's a pretty solid ball striker, definitely can pop off. And at 10-3, I just like him better than the guys up above uh, Sam Burns, we've seen him play really well. Will Zalator, since he's come back from injury, has played decent. And then Sergio last week kind of, you know, I don't know, opened our eyes a little bit more, kind of how much we underrate Sergio Garcia. And I know I've talked about how good of a ball striker he is before, but just that putting has been atrocious. Did all right last week. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of maybe more of just a gut feeling with Sungjae this week that I feel like he's kind of due for – you know, that putter to get, get hot again um, and have a good round this week or a good tournament this week, hopefully more than just one <laughs> just round. round. Yeah. 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 So I guess put a first round leader bet on him and then watch him just falter the next three rounds. <laughs> we'll move in, We'll move into the 9K range here. We got maybe the man becoming my favorite golfer on the PGA Tour, 
Um, he, he's working his way up there. Mito Pereira coming in at 9-9. Keegan Bradley, 9-7. Siwoo Kim, 9-5. Cam Tringali, 9-4. Sebastian Munoz, 9-3. HV3, Harold Varner, the third at 9-2. Cam Davis, 9-1. And Charlie Hoffman at 9,000. A lot of good names here. I kind of almost like some of these guys a little bit more than the guys in the 10K range, uh, just partially for the fact that you could combo multiple guys in this range in your lineup, and you don't necessarily have to dig deep into the sixes if you wanted to. And I think a lot of these guys have an excellent chance to win this tournament. And, but, Sean, I'll let you go ahead, and you can go first. Tell us who you like in here. I'm going with uh, Charlie Hoffman at 9,000. Um, I, I think not only, again, just to comment on the 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 section of where he is, but he's on the lower end of that bracket. I don't think that that should, if you're looking at it in those terms, he's worth every penny in my eyes. I think my pick kind of has to deal a little bit with the uh, one and done last year. If you were with us at that point, he was my first pick and he came out second and it was at a course where you kind of had to keep everything straight, keep it going and, and play smart golf. And I think that it's going to be something that he will be able to do this week. I know that uh, at the Fortnite Championship, that was a couple weeks ago, he came in for 22nd, and he's had a lot of cuts that he's made this year. I think he only missed five cuts. So for a value play for the for at least the cut-wise, but I think he's a real good play for potential of win or if you are looking at other types of prop bets on, on people, something like a top five or top ten. I think would be very decent on Charlie. So I think that the 9,000 value here is a good pick for me. And that's why I'm going to go with him. Yeah, he's someone that I have kind of on my short list as a guy who I think could play well here. And, you know, kind of fits in the mold there, being a solid ball striker. Uh, but he's someone who could definitely get hot with the putter. You know, just a very consistent kind of top 20 guy. Um, and can pop off like we saw uh, Valero last year came in second and then he had a T6 at this course um, last year also so decent little course history for me my pick is going to be Harold Varner III but I do have to mention Mito um, just gaining in all four categories in the last 20 rounds playing excellent golf he's got like five top 10 finishes in the last seven or eight tournaments, whatever it's been. I really like Mito at 9-9, and I probably will start some lineups with him being my highest price guy. However, I do have to give HV3 the shout-out. Playing some of the best golf we've seen him play in a long time, coming off a 16th, 12th, 11th, 57th, and a 15th. So that's four top 10s in the last five. I, his approach play has been excellent. He's been putting the ball well. And like I said, it kind of becomes a putting contest. The putter's been hot for him lately. He's gained in four of his last five events. Could be something where he could excel at. And, but, you know, he, he's not playing against the strongest of fields. You know, I think he could be all right. He's fifth in total strokes gained in the last 20. Similar to Sung Jae, just playing really well lately. I think he could definitely pop off this week. And he's at 9-2. So similar to you, I've kind of got some guys in the lower end of this round. Um, you know, and I, I think that they still have an excellent shot to win and playing better golf than some of the guys ahead of them. 
like Munoz, Tringali, Siwoo Kim. Moving into the 8K range, we have quite a few guys here. I'm not going to list them all. Starts with Kevin Streelman, ends with Matias Schwab. Who do you like in here, Sean? I'm going with Patton Kazire. I think I said his name right. If I didn't, I apologize. Um, but he uh, he's listed here at 8-2, uh, kind of, again, lower towards the range just to kind of fit in somebody. I know we cover only – we leave one slot open in our lineups here on the podcast, so that one slot does kind of help out our lineups a little bit differently for how we want to look into them if we play these. So uh, for me, that's how I'm kind of looking at it in a sense. But um, I think Patton is, is – also, somebody that kind of falls in the line of Charlie Hoffman. I don't think he's had quite the resume as Charlie Hoffman in my eyes, but he's also somebody that, in terms of the top tens last year or the cuts made, he, he has a, a fairly good resume for that in my eyes. He's only missed, what, seven cuts out of the last uh, 29 events that he's played. Uh, so that's pretty good in my eyes. I, I've never made a cut in my life, so um, he's beating me there. Um, so so I would, I would say... Um, towards these ranges and as we're getting into these tournaments, I wouldn't say these guys are nobodies because obviously that stat line's great. Um, but down here, you're kind of looking at people that may not necessarily be as priced as they would because of the type of field that are there. So maybe uh, the 8K range might be a little bit of a shoot here or there for some people, but there are a, a decent amount of players in here. Um, but for my lineup and for the sake of it, um, and for what I'm hoping for, for Kazire to do, uh, I'm going to take him on my team and hope that his driver comes back instead of that round that he had on Sunday. Uh, talk negatively about it now so I don't have to talk negatively about him next week, you know? Yeah, I mean, earlier this year, his driver was doing pretty well. And he's not the longest off the tee, but he's at least, you know, gaining some strokes. For me, I'm going to go with Carlos Ortiz here at 8'6". Uh, he's got three starts here. His last one was a missed cut, but the other two were a third and fourth. So he has some decent course history. You know, I'll take two top fives out of three events all day. Very strong off the tee, solid with his irons. Um, hasn't played necessarily the best golf as of late. However, I think he's someone who could pop off. Um, we've seen him win events on the PGA Tour before. And I'd kind of just like him a little bit more than some of these guys around him. Carrillo hasn't been playing great. Power, not necessarily long off the tee or spect. I mean, he's an accurate uh, ball striker, but he doesn't have the length. And I feel like definitely just looking at previous course history here and how people have played here, the length off the tee seems to be pretty important. And and then Matthew Wolf, I think he could be someone that. You know, 8-5 could definitely pop off if Matthew Wolf plays the golf we've seen him play. You know, he could easily pull off the top 10, no problem. However, it's just with all of the issues that he's had, kind of coming off a nice, you know, five-week break, six-week break, whatever it's been, I worry a little bit with it. And I just kind of feel like Carlos Ortiz is a bit of a safer pick while still having that upside to him at 8-6. Getting into the 7K range, quite a few guys here. Um, a lot of different names, a lot of different skill sets. Who are you going to go with, Sean? Guy who was at the Ryder Cup this week. Wasn't playing, though. Zach Johnson. 7-5, um, I think, 
uh, is a very good value for Zach Johnson. I know last week or last year we were riding him because he was somebody who wasn't missing any cuts for the longest period of time. Um, but I think the reason I'm picking him this week is because solely because of the Ryder Cup. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of names that you could pick in the seven K range outside of it, but I just think with them coming off the win, him not playing in it, which he normally does play in those events, the young guys kind of taking over. I think he's got a lot of gas left in the tank, and I think that events like this, kind of right after that, might fire him up to do pretty well. I think at the seven five value, you're still like in the middle of that road, so you're not going too high or too low, obviously. Um, and I, and I do really think that you know something will come together for Zach this week. Kind of a little bit of extra motivation to not only be on the sidelines of the winning team, but show that he could also you know fight for that spot potentially next time it comes around. So I'm going to go with Zach Johnson at 7-5. Hope he can keep that cut streak, I guess, get it started this year. Um, and we can keep talking about it as we go. I'm not going to lie to you. I think his Ryder Cup days are over. I, yeah, I think too. he understands he's not fighting for too many Ryder Cup spots anymore. Well, you never and... know. He might, he might go to the gym with Bryson and all of a sudden come out, you know, Zachary Johnson is a Zach, you know, <laughs> with a K. <laughs> Well then, moving on, <laughs> I'm going to go with Patrick Rogers at 7-6. There are a lot of interesting names in here that I do like. You got Taylor Pendrith, who is very long off the tee. Scott Stallings, who every time he's played here has just improved on his performances and has a decent little trek run going here um, at the course. But Patrick Rogers, coming off a good finish last week at T6, had two top 20s in the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs. So he's been playing pretty well lately and finished last season pretty strong. He's long off the tee but can spray it a bit. But like I mentioned, this course gives you some wiggle room to spray it. Uh, you know, you can play yourself out of trouble. The rough isn't super penile. So I think it's somewhere where he can excel. Um, you know, down here in the seven range, it's, it's tough sledding already. Uh, but also another guy, Henrik Norlander, at 7-2, I want to mention. Uh, he's someone who can certainly pop off, has a decent little history here. I think he had a top five last year here. Uh, if he just, the around the green game is just reasonable, he could play well. And then Matt Wallace is all the way down at 7-1. You don't talk about Ryder Cups. Like, he was a guy who's actually in contention to make the European Ryder Cup team. Didn't finish the season playing well at all, um, but similar to Matthew Wolf, if he plays to the kind of the quality of golf we've seen him play, if he's as strong tee to green as you know he can be, just back to the average Matt Wallace, like he's significantly better than most of these guys in the seven K range, especially the low seven K range. So he's someone who I would also consider down there, and um, just maybe a bit of a flyer, maybe. Uh, you know, if you think that he's kind of back to where he should be, could be someone to play. But I like Patrick Rogers at 7-6. Moving on to the 6K range. Who are you going with, Sean? There's uh, some names we've seen before on here. Some new young guys coming up on tour. Some older guys. This is really just a giant mix of players here that, I would prefer not to even touch, but since we are going to go through 6K guys, who are you looking at? I am going to go with uh, Vincent Whaley. 
Um, he's got three top tens last year, and all three of those top tens come in his last five events. Two of those were on Corn Ferry Tour, so uh, take that first, whatever you will, if you want, if you're looking into the statistics of things. But a fourth, a tenth, and a ninth are those top three. Um, I just think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people down here that you don't necessarily want to. If you can avoid using them in your lineup, you can somehow. But I think you have to play a 6K guy each week. Uh, and unless you're a math magician and figure out a way to make it work differently. Um, but I, I just think with him having three out of his last five B top tens, I, I think it's a good play for the for the 6,800 that he's worth. Um, and that's what I'm going with. Yeah, he had a nice streak where I was playing him a bunch, and he had eight or nine straight made cuts. I think a couple top 20s in there with it. Was playing some pretty solid golf last year. Doesn't do anything super flashy, anything where you know you could take notice of him, but he kind of was just getting the job done. Not a bad pick. For me, I'm going to go with Adam Shank at 6'7". He's played here four times, has made the cut in all of them, had a seventh back in, I think, 2019, was it? He's somewhat longer off the tee, not the longest on tour, but he's a solid putter. If it turns into a putting contest, I think he's someone who can make some moves. Like I said, he's got a decent little course history going on here, especially, you know, putting in a top 10 finish. And, you know, when you're in the 6K range, if you can find someone who at least has a solid course history like he does, I think it's not a bad play. And But it's some tough sledding down here in the 6Ks this week. It's definitely worth, I think, taking some flyers so you can combo some guys up top, though. Um, but you'll have to, I guess, kind of figure that out. Uh, yeah, Is Grimble playing this week? I see Cody Grimble's in here, previous winner, all the way down 6,000. Didn't realize he was playing. So, guy with some course history, previous winner on this course at min pricing. Could be something to look at. But moving on, we'll get into some of our bets for the week, what we're liking, what our card is going to look like. Uh, I'll let you go first, Sean. What are your outright bets looking like? Who who are you going to put some money on? Well, before I uh, talked about the Ryder Cup, I thought – you know, Zach Johnson, stuff like that. Don't want to tear me down on that. So I'm going to still ride with Zach Johnson. I'm going to shove it down your throat in that sense. I don't think he's playing the Ryder Cup again. Um, and this is all a friendly show, so no shoving or anything. Um, but uh, he's at plus 8,000. I think that number alone with the motivation in my head of thinking emotionally for him, uh, it's worth some money if you want to put some something down on somebody who's got a big, big number to win. I do think Charlie Hoffman at plus 2,500 and Gary Woodland at plus 3,500. I do think that those two are both guys that have some decent play around those numbers. I do think Gary Woodland, although it might be a stretch in a sense, he is somebody that could be up for contention of one of those President's Ryder Cups types of things. So that, if you're still thinking the same way that my mind is in terms of that motivation, that might be something for him to... uh, to kind of show up and say, hey, remember me? I remember, he, I, th- I do believe he played in the President's Cup last time, correct? Um, maybe it was Yeah, I think af- after he had the, uh, was it, PGA Championship win? Yeah, so um, I, obviously those, when you win a major, it helps you with the, in the standings of the Ryder Cup, so, um, but 
I do think those three guys at those numbers are something that I would look for uh, if I'm looking for winners. And specifically, I know Sam Burns is the favorite, like you mentioned earlier on, um, but those numbers are just enticing to me, hoping for, you know, I would say a longer, long gun, but maybe uh, maybe Zach Johnson's really a needle in a haystack. But hey, <laughs> you know, it could be a fun little tournament win for him and for you. So, uh, For me, I'm going Sung Jae. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, he's at plus 16. I think that's decent value. Uh, it's kind of on the lower end, but when there's not a ton of favorites, I feel like he's someone who could definitely pop off. I think he'll be a good play this week. I have to go Mito Pereira, obviously. I'm playing him every single week. Uh, he's at plus 35. <laughs> the I'm going to go with... Uh, Plus 275 for a top 10 for him also is a nice little bonus. We've seen him just racking up top 10 finishes lately. A pretty big flyer I've got here is Wyndham Clark at plus 18,000. And Wyndham Clark, he, I don't know, he, he's someone who, I, if I'm looking at a lot of these guys that are deep in here, it, he kind of just fits the course a bit. Just very long off the tee. Can spray it a little bit. Sometimes we'll get hot with the irons and the putter. But, I mean, at that value, we're looking at some of the guys around there. If you're just looking at pure win equity, like you don't care if he finishes, you know, misses the cut, finishes dead last, finishes 50th. It's either that or he's winning. Like if you're just looking at pure win equity, I feel like his win equity is a lot higher than some of the other guys there just with his strength off the tee. Um, and another prop bet I had, Tyler McCumber, similar to Wyndham Clark, uh, long off the tee, except for I think McCumber has a bit more of a well-rounded complete game, but he's at plus 700 for a top 20, and I like that. It's pretty solid odds. Um, we've seen John Rahm with winner odds significantly less than that, um, so I'm a fan of that number there. you have any props that you're looking to play this week, Sean? I think um, there's two that come to mind. I think with some of these tournaments, when they're not, at least in my eyes, they're not so um, vastly populated with guys that are able to shoot the lights out, which these guys are very good. Um, but obviously a lot of the guys that were in the Ryder Cup are no longer there um, for this week's tournament. I think you know you see a lot of guys in the final pairing on Sunday actually lift the trophy on Sunday. Uh, so the final pairing number is minus 225. I think that obviously plays into why um, it normally happens. The, that number is not too too friendly, but I do think that it might be just some easy money if you wanted to put something on it just to just kind of ride that out. Uh, it would be one that you have to ride out, uh, hoping. But, I mean, you can vote for everybody, I guess. It just matters on that Sunday. Um, and then the, the other one I like is the uh, Woodland Wolf for Connors to win. That's at plus 800. So if you wanted to possibly get one of those two furs or three fur bets in there, um, I do think those guys, obviously Connors is somebody I mentioned earlier with the DFS, and I obviously Woodland is somebody I mentioned for the outright. So two out of three of those guys are pretty good, so that one stood out to me in there. Um, and the Wolfman's never a bad option to add to that as well. So those are my two that I would be looking out for just to see if uh, – if that kind of plays out the winner in the final pairing might be a fun one to look at for the rest of the year, just to kind of see like how many times it's actually happened. Let's see if we should do something about it. All right. And we will get into our one and done's Sean, who are we playing this week? 
I'm going with Sergio. I'm just going to take the winner from last year and ride it out. Hope also right. hope that the uh, that the Spanish contention worked it out last week. I know you you mentioned some issues with his putting and whatnot, but uh, I did I did I don't know if you recall that or not, but I did say something about the matchups for the Ryder Cup, and I think I did say those two together. So true, and I am gonna go Sung Jay playing him everywhere this week. I just it's almost a bit of a mix of a gut feeling and just how he's been playing and the potential for him to win here. I feel like it's a good Sung Jay week. So I'm going to play Sung Jay in the one and done this week. Well, that has been the Sanderson Farms Championship preview. We will see who gets to hoist the rooster at the end of the week. Um, you have any final closing thoughts for us, Sean? Rooster? Where's the rooster come from? what the trophy is i know but there's no where's the history on that you know anything no okay nope i've got nothing for us folks (laughs) um sanderson farms i think is like a chicken company um but that makes sense fun facts for the day yeah this has been out of the rough go follow us on all our social media sites out of the rough wk and We will see you next week. Peace.